Welcome to the Dad in the Trenches podcast. Aaron here. Dad in the Trenches is a resource for biblical truth, challenge, and encouragement for Christian dads in the trenches of life. Now, if this is your first time to tune in, or if you've been listening all along, the next few episodes are going to be a little different than previous episodes. This episode drops just after I turn 40. Yes, that's right. The big 4-0. Yeah, it might sound cliche, but I've been reflecting a lot on life lately. I, I think maybe the Lord just allows us to do that at major milestones, but um, as I've been processing, I just started writing things down as I reflected on my life and had this idea to record 40 for 40, 40 lessons learned in the trenches by 40. Now. This is by no means an exhaustive list. There's way more, but I've decided to stop at 40. And also, uh, this is in no particular order. So uh, just as they came to me, as I've been processing life of the Lord. I really have three aims uh, in this. One is just simply to memorialize this milestone in life. Uh, Two... uh, I really want to have something my kids could refer back to later in life. I know a little more of Dad's heart, as well as hopefully draw some wisdom from these things. And three, my my prayer is that there's something in here that the Lord uses to meet you in. Now, as far as housekeeping goes, 40 items actually feels pretty daunting to try and do all in one podcast. And I'm all about bite-sized but meaty chunks, so I'll release 10 things at a time over the next four podcasts. If something hits you deep, the Lord revealed something to you in this, uh, drop me a comment on Instagram at Dad in the Trenches, uh, or feel free to even email at hello at dadinthetrenches.com. Love to hear from you, what the Lord did, what He's showing you. So now, without further delay, here's number 1 through 10 of 40 for 40. here we go. Number one, Christianity is not religion. It's life. It's relationship. It's identity. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we're really good at systematizing life and trying to do the things, do the right things. But we miss the point. Christianity is truly first about being rather than doing. It's about receiving life from God and being who we are in that identity first. Then only from that being and identity can we then walk in the doing aspect of kingdom life. Verses out of Romans 8 uh, come to mind. You know, it says, For those who are led by the Spirit are the children of God. Um, further in that passage, it says, You know, their spirit will be received as the one of sonship, and through it we cry out, Abba, which means Father. So Christianity, in that sense, really is about a life giving relationship with God. It's made possible by the will of the Father. And due to the sacrifice of the Son and relationship with His Spirit. 
nothing else promises this kind of life, both here and now, and also for eternity. And I love this. It's taken me a long time to get my head and heart wrapped first around identity and being a son of God before doing anything else. Number two, and this is interesting on the heels of number one, the spiritual disciplines bring about freedom in a person's life. Now, when you immediately hear the word discipline or spiritual disciplines, I know a lot of people roll their eyes and think, oh, that's just religious stuff. But no, let me say this again. Spiritual disciplines actually bring about freedom in a person's life. How? Let's consider the parable of the sower, the types of soil that the seeds the sower throws out lands on. We've got the hard path, the rocky soil, soil with weeds, and you've got the good soil. So obviously, Jesus is talking about we want the seed to land in good soil. So how do you make soil ready for seed? This year, my family, we've been getting more and more into gardening and uh, uh, really our first go at it. And I can tell you, it takes a lot of time. Uh, my job is primarily the tilling, getting the garden going as far as the fencing and all sorts of the uh, that sort of stuff, uh, mulch. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of composting, there's fertilizing, soil amending, all those things that go into it, tilling some more. <laughs> All this to get the soil ready. And so when we look at this parable and talk about the types of soil, the same is true with the spiritual disciplines. Things like reading our Bible, memorizing scripture, praying, fasting, solitude, repentance. All these aspects of the spiritual disciplines, these are not just meant to be religious practices This is a process of preparing for the true kingdom life. Preparing for the seeds to be sown in our soul so we can reap, as Jesus says, we can reap a harvest of righteousness that's 10, 20, 30, 40, 100 times more. That's the point of the spiritual disciplines. They bring about freedom And they bring about the kingdom lifestyle and the kingdom life that Jesus wants for us. Number three, we're going to talk about belief in Jesus. John 3.16 is probably what comes to mind for most when we consider the word belief, believing Jesus. You know, he who believes in me will have eternal life, as John 3.16 says. But we kind of peel back below the surface. Belief, well, we've treated it so much more about knowledge of, it's really not. Belief isn't just about knowledge of. James 2.19 says, 
Uh, he's talking to, <laughs> he says, even the demons believe in God and they shudder. Another example that comes to mind, Judas. He was one of the 12 disciples. He obviously believed, but yet he fell away. So I feel like this aspect of belief is so much deeper and there's so much more to it. Belief is about trust, relying upon, going all in, and results in the wrapping of our life around something so it affects all other areas of life. Belief affects action. Belief affects relationship. Checking the I'm a Christian box here doesn't really work. As I've reflected, Matthew 7 verses 21 through 23 are super scary when we talk about this. Jesus is talking, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Side note here. What is his will? John 6, 29. Jesus says, this is the work of God that you believe in him who he has sent. Picking back up here on Matthew 7. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Cast out demons in your name? And do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Super scary passage. What is Jesus saying here? I think this goes back to reflection number one. And this idea of relationship. Christianity, life with Jesus, is about relationship. He went to great lengths to bring us back to relationship with himself. He wants us. He wants our hearts. He wants to know us. He wants our lives to completely be shaped and formed. In this passage in Matthew 7, he rebuked those doing things for the kingdom. And he's sending them away from himself. So belief, therefore, is more than just a head knowledge, a knowledge of and ascribing to an ideal. Belief is a heart conviction that ultimately affects our outcomes. Number four, arrogant pride. I'm going to talk about another kind of pride on number five, but right now we're just simply going to talk about arrogant pride. This, this is the kind of pride we have got to kill. The antidote is humility because this arrogant pride will get in the way of doing relationships rightly. I tell you, I have caused so much struggle especially in my marriage, because I desire to be right or to have the upper hand or be in charge instead of being more unified. And this will slowly destroy relationship. This arrogant pride has poisoned relationships. And if you think, oh, I'm a pretty humble person. Uh, I don't really, I don't have a chip on my shoulder. Uh, I've I've got this thing figured out. I'm, I'm good. Here's a great question that I've asked myself. Can I be wrong? Can someone look me eye to eye and flat out tell me 
no, you were wrong in this situation. Or they point out something that I did that was wrong. Call me on the spot. Can I handle that? If I can't, if the answer is no, then that is arrogant pride that's lurking about and that's poisoning the relationship. Got to kill this pride. The antidote is humility and simply saying, you know what? I was wrong. Oh God, I was wrong in this situation. Will you change my heart? Will you forgive me? Go to the person. Will you forgive me for this? Here's, here's my intent. Here's what my heart is. I want to change. Here's what I plan to do about it differently. Will you forgive me? And we would humble ourselves with the person, with the people, with God. Arrogant pride. Kill it. Number five, self-reliant pride. And just like number four, arrogant pride will erode and poison your relationships. Self-reliant pride will destroy our relationship with God. And you compare and contrast the two, really self-reliant pride, this isn't about being arrogant or haughty, if you will. This type of pride is like, well, I can do this. I don't need God to do this. A couple of scriptures that really stick out. Proverbs 30, 7 through 9 says, Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. In Jeremiah 2.13, this is God talking through Jeremiah. He says, For my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. And they have dug out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now, what is this pointing to? Well, this is pointing to this um, idea of self-reliance, of I'll take care of myself. I'll provide for myself. I can do it. I've got the means necessary. I don't need God. And this is the point. We need God. We need Him in all our things. And this is the type of pride I think kind of goes under the rug. Most of us don't even realize that we're self-reliant. This age, there's so much in this current age that is based on being your own sovereign person, your own self-reliant person. We celebrate those who have pulled themselves up by their bootstraps, made something of themselves. Look what I can do. No, that's not what God wants. He wants us to be wholly reliant on Him, to be dependent on Him. Not self-reliant, but reliant on Him. We need Him. Number six, 
This is about humility. I think too often times, especially in uh, Western Christianity, there is this idea that to be a good Christian means you have to be perfect. And this ideology that's somehow leaked into the church couldn't be further from the truth. Because the mark of maturity is not perfection. It's actually how quickly we can repent. James 4.10 simply says, Humble yourself before the Lord, and He will exalt you. So much of the heart of what we're talking about here. You don't have to have it all together. Jesus doesn't say, get all your stuff together and come to me. He says, no, come to me all you who are weary and burdened. I'll give you rest. You don't have to have it all together. Jesus can handle your brokenness and your baggage and your stuff. And he's about the business of restoration. So maturity isn't about perfection. Humble yourself quickly. He'll lift you up. Number seven, play and be present. This is fatherhood stuff right here. You know, I am, I am really good at tasks and projects and uh, my tendency is to be on to the next thing already and I miss what's right in front of me. And you know what, as a dad, one of the things that is just the most impactful thing is to just get on the floor and play with Legos with my kids. Be into what they're doing, get down at their eye level. Um, so much of life, the more responsibility you get, the more kids you have, all these things start compounding and you know we, we get really caught up in the churn of life instead of just slowing down and remembering that the kingdom belonged to such as these little ones. And so getting into their world, meeting them where they are, um, actually is more impactful in many ways. And uh, I'm really bad at being present, but I'm getting there. And this is just one of those simple, fun things. Get on the floor, play with the kids, wrestle with the boys. Um, it's, it's been really impactful. Play and be present. Number eight, leading where you haven't been. You know, I've heard from others and even believe it at times myself that you can only go so far as your upbringing allows. You can only go so far as you know. You can only go so far as you can go. Um, I may even have believed this in my life as a father. Maybe you have too, you know. Uh, if you didn't have a dad physically, emotionally, you know, someone who was always absent or abusive or any of those kind of things, you know, didn't have a dad to show you how to be a man or a husband or a Christian father, you know, maybe thinking, oh, how can I do this if I haven't seen it or experienced it? Well, the good news is that's all lies, all of them. 
you know, think about Exodus 14 and the crossing of the Red Sea. You know, Moses just came off seeing the Lord do some incredible things in the land of Egypt, um, freeing the Israelites from Pharaoh. But you've got to admit, when you're standing at the edge of a sea with no escape route and uh, all these chariots bearing down on you, it might seem like a stretch. Um, not to mention just all the people complaining in his ear. <laughs> um, we know how the story goes. God parts the sea, keeps Pharaoh at bay, everybody has safe passage, and Pharaoh's army drowns. But listen to what Moses says to the people right before in verses um, 13 to 14 out of Exodus 14. Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. But the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And there it is. The good news is that when all seems hopeless, when the odds of upbringing, situation, sin seem stacked against us, God can provide the breakthrough. He can overcome. He can make a way. As a father, you can lead where you haven't been. As a man, you can lead where you haven't been. As a husband, you can lead where you haven't been. He did it for Moses and he does it for countless others. So stand firm in your faith. Be still. The Lord is fighting for you. Wait for him and then lead forward boldly. Number nine, life is about abiding in Jesus. This is out of John 15, where Jesus says he is the one true vine. What's important there is the word true. He knows that he is meant to be the only true source for life. And he knows that we are going to try and attach ourselves to other vines. When you think about this culture, other vines of hobbies or sports, leisure, money, success, retirement, while none of these things are bad in of themselves, when we make them the true vine and try to suck life out of them, we ultimately make them idols. We become what we contemplate, and ultimately, we become what we worship. Thus, we have to attach ourselves to the one true vine in Jesus. Number 10. It's worth it. It's all worth it. Now, you may be in a hard spot right now, you may have disappointments. You may be smack in the middle of transition or change. You may have scars of the past you're still struggling with. But it's all worth it. All the pain, all the growth, all the sharpening. It's all worth it. There's purpose in it all. Because ultimately, He's shaping us to be more like Him. And that's the point. He's shaping us to be more like Him on this side of eternity. Thus, anything we go through, it's all worth it. 
So there you have it. First 10 of 40 for 40. Thanks for taking time to listen in here to the Dad in the Trenches podcast. If you haven't already on iTunes or Apple, please rate, review, and subscribe. All that does is simply help the algorithms uh, push Dad in the Trenches to searches for other dads that may be looking for similar resources as this one. Be on the lookout for the next 10 items of 40 for 40. And more than anything, if this has been helpful, share with another dad. All right, we'll talk to you guys next time. God bless.